Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. It's Tuesday. It's going to be a great day. Let's, let's start out speaking to the Lord. For such a time as this, we praise you, most gracious Heavenly Father, for your grace and your mercy, for your forgiveness. We thank you for the many blessings you've given to each And we know, or at least I know, I am not worthy, yet of a Father, you still give. Protect us, Lord. Protect us as we walk this this way on this earth. And we ask you your hedge of protection around our President and his administration. Guard and guide them. Grant them godly wisdom and discernment. As they sift through all the stuff. (laughs) Grant us all wisdom, Father. And we thank you. Thank you. You have provided us with so many blessings and resources. You've given each of us the curiosity to study and to use each. To glean the benefits of each. Make life a little easier, a little better, and a whole lot safer. This land is full of natural resources, flowing with milk and honey, which you have provided for all of us. Thank you. Bless today's show, Father, my listeners and my guests. May each of us be a blessing to one another. I ask again that you use CSE Talk Radio as a beacon of truth, reason, and common sense. May I always bring hope and encouragement as well as a bit of determination to all who hear. For such a time as this, I pray. Amen. August 18th, 1920. One hundred years ago, the 19th Amendment was passed, giving women the right to vote. Now, some may debate whether that was good or bad, <laughs> but it is what it is. I won't get into the politics of, you've come a long way, baby. Not today. But we might be looking at that a little bit on Thursday, so stay tuned. I do know from my research earlier this year that while the 19th Amendment was ratified on this day, a hundred years ago, there were many other states who had already granted women the vote prior to 1920. In fact, the first female governor was actually out of Wyoming. Like any movement for civil rights, there was sacrifice and great suffrage. By many. This morning, President Donald Trump granted a full pardon to Susan B. Anthony. It took the racist and the sexist president to get to right that wrong. Don't you find the irony in some of these things? The women's vote is now a sought-after vote. But we'll discuss that on Thursday. Much is going on this week. We have the Democrat convention. We have the riots. We have the pandemic. 
But in the year of 2020, that is every week, isn't it? Every week is a new crisis of some sort, and there's no lack, unfortunately, of discussions, for sure. But as we chase around the chaos in the news, much is quite disturbing and horrific, we will admit, life does seem to keep moving, and it moves on rapidly. Politically speaking, promises are made, they're being made all the time, and accusations are thrown around like candy from a float on local parades. And just like the candy, many of those accusations of promises burst as they hit the pavement. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. <laughs> We've laughed about that phrase for decades upon decades. The majority of people know that government breaks stuff. They don't fix problems. Now, that's a loaded Pandora box for sure. Today's show is sponsored by the CO2 Coalition, where common sense and science coincide. Today, we're going to talk about energy, energy costs, and how the government is here to help us. My guest today is Bruce Everett, a Ph.D., is a specialist in global oil markets and international energy and environmental policies. He holds an A.B. from Princeton University, an M.A. and an M.A.L.D., and a Ph.D. from the Fletcher School. After starting his career in the International Affairs Office of the U.S. Department of Energy and its predecessor agencies between 1974 and 1980, he worked as an executive for the Exxon Mobil Corporation. His energy industry experience includes strategic planning, Industry analysis and forecasting, marketing, government relations, coal mining, energy supply management, electric power operations in Hong Kong, business development in China, natural, well, well, we could really go places with that, couldn't we? Natural gas project development in the Middle East, Africa, and Latin America, as well as commercialization of advanced gas to liquids technology. He retired from ExxonMobil in 2002 and has taught courses in the international petroleum market at the Fletcher School at the George and the Georgetown School of Foreign Science. We welcome uh, Dr. Everett today. He has written a white paper that is quite interesting, The Social Costs of Carbon and Carbon Taxes. Pick a number, any number. Bruce, I really appreciate that title. I got a big kick out of that. How are you doing today, sir? And welcome to CSC Talk Radio. Well, thank you, Beth, and thank you for letting me come on your program this morning. <clears throat> oh, I just enjoy it so much when I have somebody on here with some common sense and science together. <laughs> I, I like to claim I have common sense, but I can't always claim I've got the science mind. <laughs> so well, I need you know, help com- from those who do. Will- Common sense will take you a long way in this business. <laughs> you know, the, well, the you paper about, some, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the paper about social cost of carbon <clears throat> was an interesting exercise because the uh, government, as you probably are aware, puts a lot of regulations on us that raise the costs of energy as well as other things. Mm. So then the question is, what are we getting for that? Okay, my electricity bill is higher, my gasoline bill is higher. What am I getting for that? Mm. And the answer, of course, is, well, we're reducing carbon dioxide emissions, and therefore we're going to save the planet. Now, what the government did was they said, (laughs) well, okay, if I save a ton of carbon dioxide, how much is that worth? 
And they go through this incredibly complicated exercise with lots of people from different government agencies. And they come up with this number of $40 per ton. So if I raise your electricity bill by $40 a, uh, a month and I save a ton of CO2, that's fine. Now, I looked into this and I said, well, where does that number come from? And the answer is that they look out way into the future and they say, well, how much economic damage does a ton of carbon dioxide do? And when I looked at this, I said, well, when does this damage occur? Is it next year? Ten years from now? Actually, Beth, it's 200 years from now. <laughs> now, I don't you know, know I've been you, having but... a birthday every day here since <laughs> July. And... <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen next week, Um. let alone what's going to happen in 200 years. So, in fact, this number doesn't mean anything. And the title of my paper that you alluded to basically says, I can change which year I'm looking at, how far in the future I'm going to look, and I can give you any number you want for the social cost of carbon. So it's nothing really more than a political exercise to get people comfortable with paying more for energy. That's all it is. You know, it, it, it comes, you know, when the government gets involved in anything, it always gets more expensive. We've noticed Absolutely. that even in, you know, when you're speaking on CSC Talk Radio, you're mostly in rural America because most of my stations are in rural America. And uh, we know from agriculture that every time the government gets in to help us, it costs us more. And, of course, some things, they've, they've fixed it so that you almost, you have to have the subsidies in order to survive. Uh, but in this case, it's almost like they're trying to uh, choke you out. But we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I'm visiting with Dr. Bruce Everett. Today's show is sponsored by the CO2 Coalition. Energy. It's needed. And we need to do what's best. And we will be right back. Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing. The only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America, Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations setting your table is an important part of every meal the patterns you choose say something about you and your family bringing america home with libertytabletop.com or go to my website csetalkradio.com and click on their link call liberty tabletop at 844-386-2338 use the promo code bethann and receive 10 percent off your purchase libertytabletop.com 
Melody Cedarstrom and CSE Talk Radio team up as Common Sense Voices of Integrity. I personally endorse Melody Cedarstrom to be your trusted go-to expert for all your precious metal needs. Experts agree a financial crisis and even collapse is inevitable. Given our government's lack of economic leadership and self-interest of those in power, it's no longer a question of if you should purchase gold and silver, but if you will purchase gold and silver before it's too late. Melody encourages you to tune in each weekday morning, visit csctalkradio.com. We both agree truth and education are the two significant factors in both our missions. There is a wealth of misinformation out there. Let Melody and Beth Ann help you sort through the chaos and bring you home to the truths that will ensure that you and your family are protected. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading, 1-800-375-4188 or online at dgscoins.com. Melody and Beth Ann are strong forces together, working to preserve liberty and bring America home. Our founding fathers knew that the heartland would be coveted by those who want the land and its resources or hated by those who simply do not understand its value. It is that simple. And yet today, the humble folks in the heartland are losing jobs and feeling the pressures from an out-of-control bureaucracy as well as outsiders with agendas. From the heartlands of America come our food, manufacturing, and our energy. CSC Talk Radio is a voice crying from the heartland and standing up for rural America, and so is Power the Future. Power the Future is a unique foundation established to be the voice for rural American energy jobs. Daniel Turner is a strong advocate pushing against those who would like to punish rural folks and take their jobs for the sake of climate change or the land and its wealth. I'm proud to be a part of Power the Future and bring Daniel Turner here to you. Our future depends on it. Let's power the future as we bring America home to common jobs and give our rural families a voice. Visit PowerTheFuture.us. PowerTheFuture.us is the way to bring America home. have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting today with Dr. Bruce Everett of the CO2 Coalition. They are sponsoring today's show, and this is when we get to, why don't, we don't really get to escape the politics, because politics are deep into our energy industry, and uh, they are doing quite a number, use your, pick a number, any number, they're doing quite a number on them, and uh, uh you know, I, I was writing down some of the questions that I had, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about your white paper. But the energy costs, they rise in everything. We've noticed that. When the government gets involved, they rise. They don't really help us. And, you know, competition versus subsidies and government assistance, it's uh, it's just crazy how we we tend to always look at the government. And they're almost always... If they didn't cause the problem, they make the problem worse. They don't fix it. And uh, I was reading in one of these papers, it was yours, it was your executive summary about the fossil fuels, I'm, excuse me, I can't talk, fossil fuels in the United States that were overtaxed by an estimated $50 billion per year. And I, I wanted to kind of uh, talk about that just a little bit as well. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. Thank you, Beth. That's a very important point because the climate people argue (laughs) constantly that don't worry about renewable energy. It's actually very cheap, and you shouldn't really use fossil fuels because in addition to their carbon dioxide emissions, they're really very expensive because the government 
subsidizes them. So I decided to have a look at that problem. And there are a few small subsidies for fossil fuels, but here's a, here's a kind of a funny story. What people define as a subsidy can sometimes make you laugh because, for example, in Missouri, there's a um, uh, $0.17 cent per gallon excise tax on diesel fuel, which yeah. is fine. Farmers don't have to pay it. Mm-hmm. So people say that's a subsidy to the farmer. Now, that's a typical argument that says when the government lets you keep some of your money, we're doing you a favor. That well, is that, not that a was fact. my understanding that that $17 tax, uh, that, that was uh, actually because of the roads. It was supposed to benefit the roads. <laughs> it, it, was, it was supposed to. The federal government has, has, in addition to the state taxes, has an 18.5 cent per gallon uh, tax on um, uh, gasoline, and I think it's 21 cents on diesel. I think uh, 24 cents, that, actually, on diesel. Yeah. And they're supposed to use it for roads. Of course, it doesn't always go that way. But what <laughs> and I not if you look that, at the roads. <laughs> not the roads around I'm here. in Missouri, so. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at all the taxes that are put on um, what we use, gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, coal, everything else like that, my calculation was it's about $50 billion a year, and that's about $500 per family. Now, that's a, that's a lot of burden for, um, you know, most average people. And the question is, what are they getting for it? And the answer is not really very much. And, and that's, that's really the point. The United States has been blessed with, as you mentioned in your opening prayer, tremendous resources of all oh, kinds, yeah. not just our agricultural land, but our oil, our gas, our coal. And, Beth, for decades we worried that we weren't going to have enough of that. Now when we discover that, in fact, our resources are actually even bigger than we thought, mm-hmm. lots of people want to tell us not to use them. <laughs> And they want you know, us to use instead energy forms which are not only enormously more expensive, like solar and wind, but don't perform very well. I'm right. I'm out here in Los Angeles for a while with my children and my grandchildren, oh. and um, California will tell you that they're very proud of the fact that they forced a lot of wind and solar into the energy market, and the result of that is not only that. Electricity bills are high, but that the system doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you just a story. <laughs> this okay. last weekend, we had a heat wave. And the first thing that happened, Beth, was that I got an email from the power company telling me not to use my air conditioning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that is not only inconvenient, it's unnecessary. Because if you have a properly constructed power system, that's built on natural gas and coal and perhaps nuclear, you can run those plants anytime you want for as long as you want. Renewable energy like wind and solar only comes when nature gives it to you, not when you need it. So we have a mismatch in California between when the power is available and when you want it. So um, we sat here and sweated for a couple of days. Uh, and it's... and, and the, at the same time, we're paying a lot for electricity. Now, Missouri has done a much better job of this uh, 
natural gas. And I think there's one big nuclear plant east of Jeff City, if I recall. Yeah, not far from where I am. Right. And as a result, Missourians pay the uh, pay less than the national average for electricity, and the system works pretty well. I don't know if you experience power outages during heat waves. No, not usually. Uh, there are times when they say the the uh, consumption is too high, and they'll they'll ask people. And that's been several years ago that they did that, where they would say, "Make sure you do." do things at different times of the day because most of the people were coming home from work and that's when they stuck the little laundry in or the dishwashers were running and everything was going and they'd ask you to to right. kind of stagger that a little bit. But, no, we don't ever have any brownouts or anything unless there's something catastrophic that's happened. And what Missouri's been doing is gradually increasing the use of natural gas. This is, for electric power use, this is our, our absolutely our best resource. Because with fracking technology, we can produce an enormous amount of natural gas at very low cost. And the only thing that's holding us back is building the pipelines that are necessary to move the natural gas from where it's produced to where it's needed. But if you want to use it, and the law will permit it, it is far and away, in my opinion, the best fuel for electricity production. It's cheap and it's clean. Now, we still have a lot of politicians who come right out of the box and say, well, I want to ban fracking. Oh, yeah. Why in the world would you want to do that? <laughs> it is far and away the best fuel we've got, and we've got it in enormous quantities. Well, it's just part of making America great again, and I don't know what your politics are, and I don't, I don't really care as far as that goes. We can agree and disagree on many things, but... American independence, I and mean, we celebrate being independent every July 4th, and we become more dependent on others, it seems, every step of the way. And if certain people would have their way, we would not be independent in our own industry. And this is the first time I can remember in many, many years that we've been independent in our energy level uh, industry. And why would they want to take that away? And fracking is a good part of the reason, isn't it? Absolutely is. That and a number of other technologies that the industry has developed. And it hasn't always been, Beth, in places like Texas and Louisiana. This has been a boom in states like North Dakota and Pennsylvania, where not only have they produced energy for Americans to use, but the local economy has boomed with jobs, other industries that um, grew up to support this. And, you know, in the rural parts of Pennsylvania, for example, which um, – have struggled uh, oh, yeah. for, many, for many years. This has been a tremendous benefit. Sometimes, I guess, the people in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia don't like it, but I guarantee you that the people in the vast middle ground of Pennsylvania really like fracking. I uh, get emails, and I've told this story before on the air, that I get emails from all kinds of places. And I had see, received one several years ago. I, I want to say it was probably back in like 2012 or something. And it was from, you know, when you read the little small print, Sierra Club was involved in it. But they were wanting to come on the air and they wanted to talk about all the things that they were doing. And they had, they had, uh, closed down another coal mine, uh, in Pennsylvania. Well, I got a, a little bit sideways about that. <laughs> 
And I sent the email back. I never heard from him again. I said, sure, you want to come on and tell us how you are happy that you put X amount of people out of business and how this father had to come home and tell his children I no longer have a job. And I said, you want to come on and brag about that? <laughs> I well, never heard from him again. Sorry about that, yeah, because I did it just a little quick analysis after the 2016 election. The Eastern Park I hear the I hear the uh, uh, music. We're headed into a break, and something was breaking up with your phone. I'm going to let the producer talk to you while we're on the break. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We got to keep the energy going, America. We got to stay independent in this industry, and we need to become independent in other industries. Bring America home. Make America great. Put America to work. It's all about making America better, and if America is if America is substantial and doing better and independent, it's better for all the world. It truly, truly is. I don't know why people can't see that. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Dr. Bruce Everett. The CO2 Coalition is sponsoring today's show. You can visit their website by going to the CO2Coalition.org. That's CO2Coalition.org. And we will be right back. We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. What we're doing today is we're discussing with Dr. Bruce Everett uh, white papers that he wrote, a white paper that he wrote, and you can go to the website co2coalition.org. That's co2coalition.org. The white paper is there, and there's also some other things tons of articles and blogs that you can read from these men and women that are a part of this coalition. Trying to get the truth out. I'm going to uh, work on, in the next week or two, uh, a dramatic reading of the Green New Deal, just like I did with our <laughs> Declaration of Independence, only it'll be a spoof, not a serious dramatic reading. But we are going to read it because I, I have a feeling many of you, even though it's only 14 pages long, have not read the Green New Deal. And so we're going to do a reading of it, and we're going to make it available on Facebook and other places. And uh, I think you'll find it very interesting. But what we're finding out is is that many of the the numbers that we are given by some of the scientists who do receive lots of grants and subsidies from the federal government come up with numbers that are staggering as far as what is going to take place and how the doom and gloom is with what's going to happen in the world. And apparently America is the only dirty place around. So we're go- I'm going to end up doing a, a reading of the Green New Deal so that all of you can, can enjoy that, hopefully, and, and learn something from it. And we'll do it in a fun way. We have uh, Dr. Everett back with us. We had a little phone issue there. How are you doing? <laughs> you doing okay? Did they, did they cut your power there in California? Yes. Is that what happened? <laughs> anyway, I think I'm I think I'm good, Beth. <laughs> oh, good. Well, we were we were just you were just getting ready to tell us a story about yeah. Pennsylvania coal mine. Now, in the western part of Pennsylvania and the eastern part of Ohio, are coal is coal country, and yeah. those have historically been solidly democratic areas: Youngstown yeah. and the western in eastern Ohio and the western part of Pennsylvania. 
went for President Obama in 2008 and 2012. When Mrs. Clinton came through and said, I'm going to put you all out of business. Yeah. All those areas voted for President Trump in 2016. And that was enough of a difference to put both Ohio and Pennsylvania into the president's column. So, you know, people don't really um, go very – they don't really react very well to people who tell them they're going to take away their livelihoods. You know, I have said many times, Doctor, that it's uh, – when it gets personal, then we take action. I think, you know, there's some things that have happened in this in this nation in the last several decades. We're not going to blame the last president on it. It's It's been going on for a long time. I think it's, it's starting to really – get personal and that's what happened in Ohio and Pennsylvania got personal and when it does that's when liberty all of a sudden gets real when people realize what they're what they're losing um, I can't imagine if why she thought that was a good thing to tell that guy to her face to his face I'm gonna I'm gonna take your job away <laughs> I'm gonna make sure you don't have a have a job I was really that, scratching my head over that yeah because I think some of them really believe that this is, they believe in their globalist ways. And I don't, I don't want to necessarily go that direction. But She did a cost-benefit analysis. You got it all wrong is what happened. <laughs> That's Rudy. He's my sidekick here. <laughs> and, he, and he's right, you know. They did. They, they've got it wrong. But um, there's an agenda, and you and I both know that. That's why pick a number, any number, uh, they can make, you know, they used to have a joke about accountants and the pencil pushers, you know. They can push the pencil any direction and come up with the number they want. And that's Absolutely basically true. what they do with this data. And I'm going to turn that back over to you now. Well, let's, let's turn this around a little bit, Beth, and let's talk about the good side of this. It's Absolutely. my opinion that pretty soon people are going to get wise to this whole climate issue Mm-hmm. because all the projected damage, the, the terrible things that are going to happen to us from putting CO2 in the atmosphere are based on computer models, and the computer models have never been right. <laughs> now, after a while, people are going to figure this out. And then what we're left with in the United States is our huge resource endowment. And it's mm-hmm. my guess that the American people are not going to allow us to sit here and suffer the economic consequences of this nonsensical climate argument when we're sitting on this wonderful um, resource base. So my guess is, in the future, for our kids and grandkids, they're going to figure this out, and we're going to be, once again, a country of low-cost energy produced domestically and as clean as can be. And I think that's a good future. I think it is, too. And right now, I think, aren't we pretty much the cleanest air country in in the world? Aren't we one of the cleanest? Absolutely. And one of the ways we've done that, there are really two things. We have a, a lot of coal, and we've figured mm-hmm. out technologies to burn coal very cleanly. I used to work when I was with Exxon. I worked in northeast Wyoming in the coal mines there. Oh, yeah. And that's, by the way, where Missouri gets most of its coal. Mm-hmm. Very, very clean, very inexpensive. And we can put equipment on the power plants that makes that even cleaner. But most of all, natural gas. Natural gas is just 
the cleanest fuel, and uh, it's very inexpensive now. The price of natural gas in the United States has come down about 80% in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. I said now, that it finally got problem. low enough we could go anywhere we wanted, and then they told us to stay in our houses with this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Life has its right. ironies, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it, that's true, but the United States still has the lowest cost energy in the world, the most abundant energy in the world, and the cleanest energy in the world. And why people would want us to give that up simply beyond me. Well, it goes back to something called Agenda 21, and and that's a topic for another show. But America has done so many things. I mean, our industries, our entrepreneurs, our scientists, our, our inventors, they do so much that have made life so much better and easier um, we, you know, I started out talking about women. We just think how easy life became. No, not just women use washing machines. I had five sons, and I taught every one of them how to do laundry. One son's <laughs> wife convinced he doesn't know how, but he does. The 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 sewing machine, the washing machine, and the dryers. You know, you don't see too many people hanging clothes outside anymore. They all, you know, I was thinking about that yesterday. How we used to talk to the neighbors when you're hanging out your clothes. Well, that doesn't happen as much anymore as it used to. But there's so many things in the industry that have made our energy even more efficient. Speaking of our windows and our doors that are insulated and the insulation. Uh, my daddy worked at. Uh, uh, owns Corning Fiberglass for years and years and years, and a brother oh, did good as for well. Him. You know, and those things make America so much better, so much more efficient with our energy. I mean, those are things that people don't even talk about. But you need energy to make fiberglass. <laughs> they you have to some pretty big ovens up for that stuff, you know. You need energy and to do just about anything. Everything, absolutely. And if you look at, I remember during the presidential primary, uh, Mayor Bloomberg said, well, agriculture is easy. You just throw some seeds on the ground. Yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> has that man ever actually been to a farm? <laughs> American agriculture is a technological marvel. It is. It's and amazing. a lot of it is the, is, the, is the intelligent use of energy for fertilizer, for irrigation, for an infrastructure that harvests all these crops and brings them to markets not only here but overseas. It's an well, amazing system, and it's based on there's areas. There's areas that have gone into no-till, no-till planting, you know, where they just take it in there and they just plant it and they don't till the ground up. They save more on the on the ground. They don't uh, have near they've, – they've done a lot of things to uh, avoid erosion. Now, you have good farmers and bad farmers just like you have in other industries that aren't as careful and aren't as – but as a rule, that's their living, and they're going to take good care of it. And it's the same thing with the livestock. I hear music once again. This is the fastest hour of the day. You know that, right? <laughs> you're, listening to, you're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We're having a great day today. We're visiting with Dr. Bruce Everett of CO2 Coalition. And I'm, I'm getting an education. I hope you are, too. CO2Coalition.org. That's CO2Coalition.org. And Dr. Everett and Beth will be right back. As 
a business owner, when was the last time you asked yourself if you have the right commercial insurance coverage? You need business insurance to protect everything you're building. One disaster without the right insurance could hurt your business, and larger deals you're trying to close may require that you have it. We recommend Cover Wallet for all your business insurance needs. In just two minutes, with their award-winning technology, they can offer you free competitive quotes from top insurance carriers nationwide. Cover Wallet has helped tens of thousands of businesses, startups, restaurants, truckers, construction companies, landscaping companies, beauty salons, consultants, and they can help you. No business is too big or too small. And it's a free call to find out. Protect your business. Get the right insurance for your business. Call Cover Wallet right now. 800-220-7612. 800-220-7612. That's 800-220-7612. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. When I first started Balance of Nature, I was hesitant. But two months into the product, I began to see the difference. And I have to really admit, I was totally surprised. I went from swelling feet to no swelling feet. The first of May was the first time this year I jogged in three years. And not just jog three laps. I did 17 laps. So I'm feeling alive and not sluggish and tired. I would really like to say you have to try it so you can see the results for yourself. Even my girlfriend downstairs, I said, you need to try it. She says, I'm thinking. I said, okay, well, why are you still tired and I'm still beating you up the block? It's okay. Because <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. I mean, she's taller than me and I move faster than her now. That's because... The energy I'm getting from Balance of Nature. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code RADIO5. Makeup America is a brand new line of makeup made in America. Ladies, did you know that most American beauty brands do not make their cosmetics here in the USA? There is no guarantee of quality and transparency of ingredients, testing on animals, abidance to health and safety regulations, or quality control within the manufacturing environment. The old saying, beauty is only skin deep, refers to what's on the inside of the woman. And as you know, what's inside your beauty products matters to your skin. Makeup America is made in the USA, and they pledge to you that their products are non-GMO, paraben-free, fragrance-free, and never tested on animals. Launch your patriotism with Independence Red, Lady Liberty Blue. There's a variety of nail and lip colors to match. And lip care. MakeupAmerica.us. Use promo code BEST20 to receive 20% discount. MakeupAmerica.us. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, 
They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168 and use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. We have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're in the final segment of today's show. It's been a, a great show. Uh, Bruce, I want to thank you for that because I was a little worried, you know, when I'm reading the, the stuff on your white papers. It's a little deep for a little Beth. <laughs> so I was a little worried if I was going to be able to keep up. <laughs> you know, Beth, the, the, the whole point of your radio show is common sense. Absolutely. And virtually everything we do in the CO2 coalition is not based on some complicated science. It's just based no. on common sense. Because what we have here is we start out with this very benign gas, carbon dioxide. It doesn't hurt you. And we know that it has some benefits. It, it uh, enhances crop growth and drought resistance. Yes. And it does that particularly in poor areas of the world like Africa. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of people who say, well, I've got a computer model that says this is ultimately going to do a lot of damage. And these models have been around for 30 years, and they never get it right. So if you have somebody that predicts the Super Bowl winner every year, and they always get it wrong, after a while you stop listening to them. That seems like a pretty common sense approach to me. (laughs) It's absolutely common sense. Well, the thing that got me, I did listen in science class, and uh, when they started talking about CO2, they were almost talking as if it was carbon monoxide. Right. And and I think people are confused about that. And I knew from junior high that CO2 wasn't bad. So, I, you know, I like to, can't cl- <laughs> I like to uh, claim the phrase, CO2 is good for you. Well, and, uh, you must have had a good teacher. <laughs> well, it was one of those days I was listening. I guess. <laughs> well, one of the, I think one of the worst things that's happened in the United States is the effort to call CO2 a pollutant. It's not a pollutant. We no. do have we do have pollutants: carbon monoxide, sulfur, nitrous oxide, and we're working very hard on ways of of uh, getting those out of our environment, and we've been very successful at that. You know, modern mm-hmm. automobiles are extremely clean. Modern power plants are very clean. Industrial facilities are extremely clean. Um, nothing like what they were like 50 or 60 years ago. No. All no. a result of innovation and, um, you know, investment. So, right. but CO2 is not a pollutant. It's, in fact, good for the planet. You know, too much oxygen will combust. Everything in an overload can be something. But what do you... How much CO2 do you think people are breathing today with their masks? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're breathing out. And yeah, so that right. <laughs> I haven't thought of that, but you're absolutely it's right. It's going right into that mask and back in. Yeah, you know, a CO2 trap there. Because you do. when you breathe in, um, your body exchanges oxygen for CO2. Right. And what you breathe out is about 100 times more CO2 than you breathe in. Mm-hmm. So you got a nice little <laughs> CO2 trap there in your mask. 
<laughs> well, that's kind of what I thought. And, you know, I, I was going to talk to AOC about it, but she won't take my calls. So. <laughs> well, she doesn't take she doesn't take ours either. I can guarantee you. <laughs> well, you and I both know that they do have an agenda, and there's a lot of profiting going on in this in this fear mongering over climate change. And I had visited with one of your other uh, scientists and doctors and and such on CO2 here a few months ago. And we were talking about what I could remember was, you know, it was the hole in the ozone, then it was global cooling, then it was global warming. Now they can't decide, so they make it climate change. And he reminded me of the acid rain. Yes. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I heard somebody on a commercial mention acid rain. They were... It was a car wax or something they were advertising, and it just, oh, there it is again. <laughs> well, and you notice that the common thread through all those things that you mentioned, Beth, is the government needs to step in and fix it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it's, they don't help. <laughs> <laughs> they are not known for efficiency. Yep. Yep, that's but true. the entrepreneurs in this country are amazing people, or, or across the globe. You know, we can't take credit for everything, but it's amazing where we are today from where we were, say, 50 years ago or 100 years ago, or even in my lifetime. And I'm not telling my age again. <laughs> but, you know, even in my lifetime, you know, there's a huge difference in, in, in energy efficiency. You know how how you how you insulate your homes, how you build your homes, how the type of windows you put in, everything. Uh, we have a, a vent-free um, uh, fireplace. It's ninety-nine percent efficient. It's it's, it's really clean. quite remarkable. They ignore and, all those things. <laughs> well, they do, and at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, Beth. We worried for decades that we were not going to have enough hydrocarbons, fossil fuels, and that we were going to have to import them from countries that are unfriendly. And now we've discovered in the last few years that with new technology, we have a lot more fossil fuels than we thought we'd have. Let's use them. I want to encourage my listeners. Uh, I wasn't trying to scare them away. I was just uh, talking about Beth's little brain sometimes. The social cost of carbon and carbon taxes. Pick a number, any number. You can download this and read it. You can print it. Do whatever, whatever you want to. I, I like them printed and in my hand. Uh, go to CO2Coalition.org. It's very simple, CO2Coalition.org, and it's right there, along with other information that you can glean and, and learn from. And, you know, the truth truly does set us free, doesn't it, Doctor? It certainly does. And, Beth, I really want to thank you for inviting me onto your program this morning. I really enjoyed it. Oh, we've had a great time. I appreciate you so very much. I appreciate CO2 Coalition so much. I didn't know you guys were even there uh, until I had... Uh, Patrick Michaels on, and yeah. I'd seen him on Mark Levin, and I gave him a call, and I said, i got to have you on the show, and he had a blast. We had a good time. And then the third time I had him on, of course, he was he was with the Cato Institute. Oh, Beth, I'm no longer with them. I'm with CO2 Coalition. Well, the, <laughs> and that's how I got you. The wonderful thing about the CO2 Coalition is that we're a group of people, and we have very different views on many, many things and very yes. different backgrounds. I love we are it. committed to getting the facts out to the American people so that people can make good decisions 
uh, and support the long-term economic growth and health of this country. That's what we all want to do. And this country truly is the land flowing with milk and honey. From our energy. Is, I'm so glad that my ancestors came here. Oh, me too. <laughs> I've been here a long time. How long have you been here? <laughs> I don't know how many generations I go back, yeah, but uh, my father's I have revolutionary family. blood flowing into my veins, I have some, so. On my father's side, we go back to the 1640s. On my mother's side, mm. came from, from Ireland in the 1890s. Amazing. So, Amazing. And everybody came here for freedom, Beth. That's exactly right. And they still do. The majority of those that come in here, they want to be free and an opportunity. Mm-hmm. They want the opportunities that are not afforded to them anywhere else but here in this great country. We're not a racist country. We're, a, we're the land flowing with milk and honey and opportunity and liberty. Thank you so much, Dr. Everett, for being with me today. I just had a blast. I appreciate you so much for all that you're doing. Enjoy those grandkids down there, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Beth. <laughs> I keep cool. You've been listening to CSE Talk. Uh, you've been listening to CSE Talk Radio, and today's show was sponsored by the CO2 Coalition. Go to their website, co2coalition.org, and let's get the truth out and bring America. Home. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina is a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. You're home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride.